0: W-B-N-E.
1: Howdy, yokes! Before we get started today, we want to let you know that this episode of Bacon and Eggs is brought to you by none other than the Sincerely Us podcast. It's Pride Month right now, and we want to dedicate our show to shows hosted by amazing individuals in the LGBTQ community. And we're actually joined this week by one of the hosts of Sincerely Us. Her name's Ines Fuenmayor. She is amazing. She's beautiful. She's wonderful. She's everything you've ever wanted in a Broadway musical theater podcast host. Uh, And she's here with us this week. I want to note that last week when I did this, if you're listening to this like three years in the future and you're like literally last week, he said that we're going to have guests this month. Uh, One, I totally forgot In the Heights came out and we talked with Sincerely Us a long time ago about having them on the show. Two, there was literally no adjustment to my schedule whatsoever. And I didn't have to reach out to anyone to make this happen, which is why we have a guest on the show this week.
2: Yeah, Eni texted us and said, when are we recording about Sincerely, I mean, about In the Heights? And Tyler said, I don't know, 8.30 on Tuesday? And Eni said,
1: yep. And there actually was a delay to our recording, but it was my fault, and Eni was thankfully very accommodating. So, anyway, next week we'll have a guest also, but again, the timing worked out, and they reached out to me. So, uh, I lied last week, okay? But I didn't mean to. It was an accidental lie. Uh, Anyway, let's get on with the show. Howdy, Yolks, and welcome back to Bacon and Eggs. I'm Tyler Carlin. And I'm Ethan Etchill. And today we're taking the A train. Or maybe it's just too damn hot. So buy your dad's bar in the Dominican Republic. And win the lottery. Because today we're bringing you In the Heights. In the Heights was directed by John Chu, came out June 11th, 2021, which was five days ago on HBO Max, and as well as in theaters. Uh, It was on a $55 million budget, so far $11.5 million worldwide, which is extremely low, but I think won the box office, and is like one of the highest box offices in COVID, so... Good job. Yeah, um, I also think it's only out in the States. That could be true also. Well, the, Nine, so the, the,
2: the domestic total is $11.5 million and the worldwide total is $11.5 million.
1: So, So probably only out here. Uh, 96% critic rating, 95% audience rating on Rotten Tomatoes, 84% on Metacritic, but more important than all of that, we're joined this week by none other than Inés Juan Mayor of Sincerely Us. Uh, Any. <laughs> welcome back to Bacon and Eggs.
0: Hi. I'm so glad to be here. I'm so excited to be here, uh, specifically talking about this movie.
1: I'm so excited to hear here talking about this movie because I feel like I only have so much to bring to the table with this one. So I'm super happy you're here to provide a more nuanced view on In the Heights. What does In the Heights mean to you before we even get to critic reviews or anything like that? I just want like a blurb from Eni
0: Well, In the Heights, the show is my favorite Broadway musical ever. Um, and also probably my favorite piece of fiction ever. Um, So it's really important to me, and I was very um, nervous about this movie. Very excited because Lynn worked on it a lot, but also very nervous when this movie was announced and everything. But uh, I'm definitely excited that it came out and definitely excited with the way that it turned out.
1: It's very good. It's a very good movie.
0: I loved it. I've seen it three times already.
1: (laughs) Three
2: times? Good lord. I've loved it as well, and I have a review here from somebody who didn't love it that much. This is a negative review from John Anderson of America Magazine who says, Why are the visuals so relentlessly static and boring? Why doesn't the movie soar away from the stage doing what film versions of stage shows are supposed to do? Broaden rather than strangle the virtues of the material. Tyler, do you have a
1: review from somebody who liked this beautiful movie? I do. I actually have a review from Angie Han from Film Week. Uh, And she says, from top to bottom, I had such a good time with this, which much more describes how I feel about this movie than uh, John Anderson. And in fact, John Anderson's review here, as I was watching it, having no familiarity with the Broadway show, I was like, how on earth would they put this on a stage? There's so many sets. There's so many different places. It's so big. How could they possibly distill this down to like one group of people at one stage?
0: Well, well, it's hard. <laughs> yeah, um. I mean, a lot of the the set pieces were well um, in the movie. It's it's broadened, right? So most of like the stage at ad- the the stage version of it takes place on the same block. Right. So the like the pool scene that's not really that doesn't happen at a pool. That happens s- still in front of Rosario's and the bodega and. And um, the salon, like the same kind of like area. So this movie was definitely um, it made it bigger than the stage version, just in that aspect. Um, so I, I don't understand John Anderson's review yeah. at all. I mean, it's,
2: it's way different from the stage show, too, because like oh, every yeah. night on the stage show, they had to get a new Benny because Benny falls off a building when he tries to walk up it <laughs> sideways. And it right. just doesn't work if it's not a movie. Right. Like on stage, you can't do that. That's movie, movie magic. magic. It's exactly yeah. right. So exactly. they had to get a new Benny every night. Christopher Jackson only did Poor it once Chris before Jackson. he died. <laughs> 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 no, that's not true at all. Yeah. It's just, it's a stage show, right? They just did do it like a stage show. Um, yeah, the movie gave it uh, an opportunity to breathe the way that, yeah, uh, John Anderson's talking out of his ass right now. This is total I, BS. <laughs> I
0: don't understand. Tyler, under? actually,
1: Tyler Carlin on a scale zero to 100. Uh, I'm going to get in trouble for this one. I'm going to give this one an 80, 80 flat, 80 flat. Okay.
2: Uh, this is a 100 percenter. Yeah. It's a hundred from hundred percenter. I, I loved this movie. Uh, this movie brought me to tears the way a movie hasn't in a long time, like sad tears and happy tears. Um, and it's going to be one of those things where like, maybe I won't think that the next time I watch it, but this is the first movie I've seen in theaters in, uh, 16 or 17 months. Um, and that was an unbeatable experience to watch this, this huge thing uh in theaters just like blew me away completely this is a hundred percenter trying to use my hundred percent more after last week's episode here we go this is a 100 percenter enie
0: yeah it's a hundred percent there you me. go like it's a hundred percent 96 Ninety six thousand out of 100 um i i haven't seen it in theaters yet i do have plans to see it this weekend in theaters um i've seen it on hbo max three times already um as i said uh i i can't i and and while it holds a different place in my heart than the stage show. I absolutely love this movie,
1: so let me be clear about my eighty percent here <laughs> I don't dislike this at eighty percent is a is a glowing score. I did not cry. I don't know when I would have cried.
2: that's so uh, wild
1: yeah i it took me five sittings to finish this movie one time, uh which is partially sorry, just like hold on. a certain level.
2: You cry at Subaru commercials, but you don't cry when Abuela Claudia dies.
1: No, no. Also, I'm sorry about the the incessant dog noise right now. There are five dogs in this house. And, and so, Emily is is putting a baby to sleep, so there's nothing she man, can do. Man,
2: I cried uh, at the Aretha preview that played before this. <laughs> I cried uh, when when Lynn came on the screen at the beginning was like, Thank you for coming to see this in the theater. We put it off because we knew it had to be seen in theaters. Uh, I cried I think, when they said th-
1: breathe. Tr- truthfully, I think if I had a theater experience where I had to sit down and watch the whole thing in one sitting, I think I would have cried. I, tr- oh, I yeah. truthfully believe that. I want to um, make it clear. Uh, Yokes, uh, If if you
2: are in a place where you feel safe going to the movie theaters, um, I cannot recommend enough going to a a theater to see this one. Uh, My theater even did me the service of turning the air conditioning off so that it was too damn hot (laughs) in the movie theater, so I could really get the proper In the Heights experience. Um, Um. No, it's just it's big and loud and bright and and beautiful. And I, yeah, I cried the whole time.
0: I I did too, but (laughs) no one's surprised by that. I, like, from the second the movie started, I was in tears the entire time.
1: So this is one where, like, I I feel like I go back to... You remember when Captain Marvel came out and Brie Larson did that interview where she was like, yeah, no duh, white men don't like it. It's not for them. It's not about them. It's not their movie. That's exactly how I feel. And I feel like I don't even want to register my score because that's where I land. Like, if if I... come to the table with honesty and integrity in in the craft that we do. This movie didn't land for me extremely well because it's not a story about people like me. I don't relate to like anything here like the whole time i was like these are issues i can't fathom and what i love about it is that it doesn't hold my stupid white privileged hand and be like you need to understand it and this is why and we're going to use this movie as a lens to teach you instead it's just like this is a movie for people who have experienced this and if you don't get it this isn't where you're going to get it and i appreciated oh, yeah. that very much as a viewer to be like you're right this isn't about me this is a fantastic film with beautiful performances a choreography that blows my mind singing that's incredible, like a, I don't know what the songs are supposed to sound like, but if if Anthony Ramos was supposed to be played by Lin-Manuel, I'm very happy he wasn't. Like, <laughs>
0: uh, uh, Actually, on that note, Usnavi, like, Lin's Usnavi and Anthony Ramos' Usnavi are completely different. Like, completely different. Yeah. Uh, Lin is definitely more uh, nerdy and, like, awkward. And, and while Anthony Ramos had, like, his moments in the movie where he was, like, he's incapable of not having swagger. Yes. So, yeah. like, his Usnavi is completely different from Lin's.
1: And I noticed that in the script as well. I was like, like, they were like, uh, I can't even remember what the girl's name. Nina or Vanessa. Whichever one he ends up with. Vanessa. And, then and, and, like, I'm sorry. I just don't know the story, no, obviously, as well as you do.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, like... I could tell when Vanessa or like they would talk about him and Vanessa's relationship and they would be like, he he would have to be awkward around her. And I'd be like, there's no way <laughs> you look this cool and you're awkward around uh, yeah, anybody. Exactly.
2: <laughs> it, the, Ramos has never been awkward around anybody in no. his life.
1: <laughs> right.
2: Um, and it's same with Corey Hawkins, honestly, like they both of them are supposed to be huge dorks and they missed the mark on that completely. And that's totally fine. Like, yeah, uh, yeah,
0: I'm completely fine. With you know, that. Benny, Benny's
2: pants never fit in the show. Like his, his, you know, pants are too short all the time. And like, he doesn't, his shirt's not immaculately tailored by a movie prop department. Right. He, yeah. he dresses like a Book of Mormon extra.
0: Uh, yes, honestly. he does.
2: Right. <laughs> he does. Um, But yeah, no. Yeah. Anthony Ramos is, is, is very cool as as Navi. Putting him in the hat, honestly, is a crime. Like I know the hat is significant to the plot. They didn't do it until
0: the end, which I thought was great. Like they didn't really, like he was in the hat. He wasn't in the hat the whole, the whole movie, right? Like he he, he was only, he
2: went to the, he went to the club in the hat.
0: Oh yeah. He went to dinner in the club in the hat. And then he's in the, in the hat while he's telling the story. Yeah. Uh,
1: One other thing I could tell very much watching this was that it was written in like 2010 to 2013 ish. And then they adapted it for 2021. And I was like, there's some anachronisms here that don't, I guess, like reverse anachronisms, that don't yeah. quite fit. Yeah. Like, like, the way they dealt with the power outage was like, I just don't feel like this would bother you in the way that it does. Uh, it, Obviously, like, the heat would suck, but, like, you got iPhones, you can entertain yourselves. Those have batteries. Uh.
2: Yeah, and that's what they show you in the movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah well,
1: yes, they do, but I felt like sh- showing me that was adapted for the film so th- i don't know
2: this is this was written and and premiered i believe in 2008 um
0: it, yeah so it premiered in 2008 uh lynn started writing it in college though like it's been yeah it, it's it's old <laughs>
2: before phones had flashlights yes for sure yes um so that would have been a much bigger problem uh and and yeah they definitely uh, modernized the fashion for sure to some extent like they tried to put absolutely it's not being closed sometimes that were reminiscent of the um, of awesome. the time, yeah. But like Benny would have never worn blue pants, <laughs> never, uh, because it was you know it was the mid two thousands, right? And we all know what the mid two thousands looked like. It was a literal wasteland of fashion. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I cannot wait until the teens are like God, like until we look back on those. Like, what were we thinking? I cannot what, wait for that. <laughs> what were we
2: thinking? Everybody's dressing like they're from Lizzie McGuire. <laughs> Ugh. Ugh. Uh.
0: Ugh. Yeah, so, so for me, as a Latina, this movie and the show is... And the reason why I love this show so much is because of the fact that I relate to it so much. And the fact that I... You know, the opening scene in this movie, the In the Heights sequence, you get, you know, the walk through the bodega and you see, like, all of the Latino brand of the coffee, the foods, the different snacks and all that stuff that, you know, I recognize... You guys probably might not recognize all of them, you know, so it's just like those little things, Um, all of the food at, at dinner at Abuela Claudia's like I could legitimately smell that kitchen like I knew exactly what that kitchen smelled like. And, you know, just all of the little tidbits, all of the little slang, the little like words, like just everything. For me, it was just like a huge, maybe not an inside joke, but I just felt like on the inside on of it. And it's not something that I'm used to feeling when watching a movie or when watching a show. And that's why this this show and this movie means so much to me.
1: I, I recognize Cafe Bustelo. <laughs> I'm right in the middle of the two of them. I know that. Yeah.
2: I'm right in the middle of two of them. That's um, fair. I am obviously uh, white, but I did uh, spend my four years in college, like, studying Latin America. And, like, I wrote a paper in my Latin American theater class on, specifically on this play and a couple others, about why um, it is bad to ignore English language theater when you consider Latin American theater. Mm-hmm. Like, that it is still uh, a good example if it's written in English, even though, it, if, it's, if it's, you know, you know what I'm saying.
0: Yeah. Um,
2: so, like I go back with this this play, especially it was one of the first musicals I really like uh enjoyed when I first started getting back into musicals when I was in college. Um to the point where when Hamilton came out I was like this isn't right. This isn't what I know from the memoir. I don't like this. That's exactly um, how I felt. Yeah. <laughs> I was like this is this is wrong, right? This is way too you know. This isn't, this yeah, this is it. This isn't it. This, 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 <laughs> is, this is wrong. Um and from the other a- aspect like obviously uh They're not the same. And I'm not trying to say they're the same, but I did have a parent that grew up in a New York City borough. Um, And so a lot of these stories are similar from a different lens. Like I very much recognize a lot of the ideas, a lot of the concepts even just down to the way they kind of live their daily life to the stories that I was told yeah. about growing up in New York city when I was a kid. Um, so very much like from, from several of those aspects pulled at my uh, particular heartstrings. Um, it's a good one. So it's a good one.
1: Oddly enough, my mom was born in Queens and then lived on Long Island, which is not Queens. Uh, but like my grandparents lived their whole lives in the city. And when I listen to stories from them, they're definitely very similar to this, but it feels like, like a bygone era. Like it, like when I watch Casey Neistat, which is like in the Heights for rich white people. Sure. Uh It's like, I don't believe like I, my brain cannot fathom that. Like people live this way in New York city. Yeah. That like, I don't know. So I definitely, well,
2: and that's the whole thing, right? She wants out. She wants yeah. to live downtown, right? She's trying to get an apartment on gray Jones street, you know, Forest downtown, street. right? She yeah. wants to live in, in, in the village, in wherever, um, Manhattan's, huge it just keeps going like just
1: keeps going
2: um and definitely like the way they describe you know i when uh what is the girl's name this is the as it is vanessa right this says the bronx used to be uh a place in the sky or whatever
0: no, no no that's nina is it nina okay yeah
2: i can't remember which one of them said it yeah and like, that's exactly how dad would talk about it. It's like if they were going to, to, you know, to North Manhattan or to over in New Jersey across the the Washington Bridge, like that might as well have been across the country, right? Like that's not, you're not getting in your car and driving over there. That's just so wild. Right? It's, it's like, we talked <laughs> yeah. about, about 42. There's so many people that live, they're whole, they're born in the city, live in the city and die in the city. And they never leave the city.
1: Yeah. Like that's, I mean, I, but it's but that's crazy. The thing is like, there are people who are born in the city and live in the city and die in the city and never leave and still have a, greater variety of experiences to engage in than I can imagine. And I go all over the place. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. Like there's so much
1: more you can do in 80 years in New York than you can do in a weekend in Nashville. You get a lot of, you get a lot
2: of different places in New York. New York is a very crazy city that is just like a hundred different cities living on top of each other from all over the world. Um, Places where they have never spoken English ever, you know, it's, and that's, I think this, this, Does a brilliant job of portraying, you know, this one city block, basically. Yeah.
1: Well, actually, I I have a small complaint about that because it's so much bigger because we're off the block from time to time. To me, it's actually like I, I had not a great concept just from the film of the like proximity of these businesses to one another. Like, I feel like if I were to see it on stage, you'd have like... In a row, taxicab, nail salon, bodega, uh, whatever other business there was. Basically, yeah. Right. But like in the film, they're like catty corner from each other, aren't they? They're like, they're, they're not on, this, on the same well, they're, row. They're,
2: they're, they're shown to be like the four corners.
0: Yeah.
1: Yes. And that, like, I didn't connect that those were all so close to each other. And I think that I'm missing that because I feel like the, you know, Washington Heights, this block is its own character. And I, I yeah. don't know that that entirely comes through in the film adaptation. <laughs> sure. I mean, As, uh, coming from the perspective of somebody who has no experience with this play,
2: and that's the problem with all movie, movie musicals ever is like there is some degree of it really helps if you know the story.
0: Absolutely, I I, I talked about it actually on our on our episode of Sincerely Us. Like there are definitely specific relationships within the show or within the movie that I feel like you don't get enough of, and if you don't know the show, then like. Why do you care about, you know, Usnavi's friendship with Nina? Or why do you care about Vanessa's friendship with Nina? Like, I don't think that they they were able to give enough attention to, like, all of the different relationships. Um, so, so like, I, I get what you're saying. And, and I can understand that um, entirely. I also feel like as much as, yes, Abuela Claudia's death wrecked me. I can understand someone maybe not connecting as much just because I don't feel like she got enough time to you don't feel like her importance to the entire block until after she dies in my opinion in the movie in the movie that
1: is true and there's actually I've seen complaints about this online circulating since it came out five days ago. Uh, that, like, they, they took one of her songs out, that she had, like, a song in the beginning that really establishes who she is in the community.
0: Well, they, they moved it. So the song um, Paciencia y Fe, the song that, that um, she sings, like, right as she's dying, is mm-hmm. actually much earlier in the show. And yep. that kind of, they use that to establish, like, who she is.
2: Yeah. It's okay. it's her I want song, basically. Yes. That they chose to be her uh, I'm going to die now song. Yeah. Because they were able I'm, to rework I'm, it a little bit, right? Because you can't have Abuela Claudia die during the blackout if the blackout's the closer of Act One, right? That yeah. doesn't work. Exactly. That's not how right. Broadway works. People exactly. are going to just leave.
0: Exactly. That's actually um, that particular thing. So there's a song that Nina sings right after Abuela Claudia dies in the show um, called Everything, that I, Everything I Know, um, where she reiterates that... Abuela Claudia was there. There's she's going through like all her stuff and she sees pictures of like the salon in in the 80s. She sees uh pictures of Usnavi as a kid. She sees like uh the program from her high school graduation all in Abuela Claudia's apartment. So it's it's like that is the one song that they cut that for me kind of took away from yeah, the the show, because I think that w- instead of maybe seeing Vanessa go and get rejected for her, you know, apartment, we could have had that moment instead. Like, yeah. I don't think we needed to see Vanessa go up to the apartment. I I'm going to say that- it. Go I'm going to
2: say it. We don't need the kids.
0: We don't need the kids. Honestly, they're not there the sh- the uh, show, in the show. Yeah, we <laughs> don't need the kids.
2: It's cute. Wait, right? What? It's great. It's a great framing. The, the framing story of of it's Navi sitting at the bar in the DR with his children, telling a story to his children
1: doesn't exist in the show. Oh, see, I yeah. would have thought that would be such a beautiful thing in the show to have like, like, like I was, that was actually one thing that I was really easily picturing. Like, Oh my gosh, you could do so much with lights right here to turn the bar yeah. into the beach into the bar. Yeah. I, I thought that that was there, well, and so. I don't,
2: I yeah. don't see what, I don't think you can't do it in the show. Right. Like there's no reason why you can't do it in the show. I just don't think Lynn thought of it then. Right. Yeah. That's um, but I, li- I like the addition. I do like, it's super cute. Uh, and, and they're great interactions. The kids are great. And like the ending is is cool because of it. But like they there's so many things that got left out to to drop out of the music to tell these stories to the children that like it goes back and forth. Right. And and this is again every movie musical. They're going to make changes. They're going to make cuts of course, because Broadway plays are longer uh, and they could basically be as long as they want.
0: And nobody's going to say anything. Right. Cursed Child takes two days and nobody gets mad um but and i mean it is lynn so in the heights has how many songs on the cast a album? lot a lot a lot, lot and <laughs> those and a lot of the reprises are missing anyway so oh, yeah.
1: here, um, well, go ahead e.
2: but yeah so they, they and as, as much as they took away i do think they gave back because like nina and vanessa get to be such better characters to me oh i i agree i agree completely like, and I don't just want to sit here and talk about the differences, right? Because its we're just talking about the movie, and it doesn't matter. But, like, Vanessa's not really a character in the show. Like, her whole sort of ambition is just to move away. And it does give a different uh, feel to it when Ustavi still, like, knows that all she wants to do is move away. Like, it's not a, really a different ambition. She just needs to get out of the barrio. And he still has her, like, has Daniela Costa on the lean and everything on the lease. And, like, that still happens. And it's a whole different conversation right they they gave us some of the same points and landed in the same places through different character pieces but i do think that the additions they made to nina and vanessa's characters were fantastic
1: i agree um, i, I li- yeah i like the the four sort of core leads i think it would take a rewatch for me to really sort of grasp onto it because as i was watching it the first time i didn't know who it was about i didn't even know if it was navi was the main character uh until like way into the second act. Uh but you've got these four characters where like Usnavi's trying to leave the country and start his business, and then stepping down from that, you've got I'm gonna guess Nina going to Stanford in California, which is like still the US, but it's leaving Washington Heights. And then you've got Vanessa who just wants to leave Washington Heights. She wants to go down to Fourth Street in like Times Square in, in proper Manhattan. Uh and then you've got I don't know the the guy's name but he benny. wants like say that like benny benny's whole like goal is like let's make washington heights livable let's not you know get rid of the taxi service that holds this town together let's he's devastated that he would ever have to leave for any reason or that it would be changing into something he couldn't uh work with yeah uh, and, and he has that moment of realization that like it used to be an irish neighborhood uh you know so we, we've had our time and now we have to move out and I, I can't handle that and i think that sort of stair step down is interesting and in how they all come to to make peace with uh with Washington Knights and how they can continue to improve it as their characters.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, another, another thing that like specifically, cause the whole thing starts off with Suenito, right? The whole thing is about everyone's dream. So the way that I kind of like put it together is you have Usnavi who thinks that he has this dream about going to the DR and, and resurrecting his father's bar or restaurant or whatever it was. Right. So, really, he's kind of live not living, but like go like his goal is like his dad's dream, not really his dream, but it's more of what his dad's dream was, right? Right, literally, the bar was called Suenito. Um, you have I don't know, Nina means Means little dream, little dream.
2: It's like the first thing he says in the movie, (laughs) it's a Um, long movie when the kids like, (laughs) Dad, what does Suenito mean? He's like, Suenito means little dream, and they're like, That's it, no story. That's exactly and how the like, movie starts. And he's like, oh, all right, I'll tell you the story.
1: <laughs> I don't, so I don't think I put together that like, Suenito means a little dream meant like, Suenito translates as little dream. Yeah. yeah. I thought it meant like, what does it mean to you? And, no,
0: and it means, no, like, no, no, it means it little it dream. It translates to little dream.
2: is dream. And yeah. Okay. You know, it's like Dorito.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: What is Dorito?
2: Dorito like the chip?
1: I know, but like, what is, what does that translate to? To little
2: Doro. <laughs> <laughs> Have you not heard of the existence of the Doro? The, no. the giant triangle chip of the god? No, I've not.
0: No, absolutely not. Um, so, what was I saying? Um, so, you have Usnavi who's like trying to realize his father's dream, right? You have Nina who thinks that, like, Hasn't is off at Stanford, realizes that she hates it and is trying to tell her dad that that's no longer her dream until she finds like her reasoning of wanting to go back to school. Right. Then you have um, Vanessa, who has like this, the dream of wanting to have her own fashion line or, or being her own designer and getting out of Washington Heights. Yeah. You have Abuela Claudia, who basically lived her entire life because of her mom's dream of getting out of Cuba and realizing towards the end of her life that she got her dream she got her family she had her people right before she dies and um and yeah benny benny is just and and oh and sunny sunny is another character that i think that they elevated so oh, fantastic much in yeah. this movie um he's not like he's he's a main ish character in in the in the play but I, they gave him a lot more purpose and a lot, like, a better character. He
2: he wants similar things in the play, too, because he has his lines in 96,000 about fixing housing, yeah. about doing and all that stuff. So it's, all yeah, that stuff. It's, yeah, it's very much the same sort of character, but they let him breathe a lot more. Yeah, Sonny was one of my favorite characters.
0: They made him, like, very Gen Z, right? Mm-hmm. Like, in like that's that's basically what they did to him, which I thought was great. Um, right. And then, so, so you have, like, then his dreams of everything that he wants to do to better the neighborhood, everything that he wants to do for himself, and realizing that he can't really do that because of the fact that he's undocumented, right? So everyone's kind of, like, on their own paths with their own sueñitos, And it kind of, like, comes together at the end, and everyone realizes that everything that they've complained about in the neighborhood is really what they love about it. It's the community. It's everyone that they know, everyone that, that... was put into their lives because of where they live. Right? right. And I don't know. I just think it's like, it's, I think it's just so beautiful. Like that idea is super, it, it gets to me. Found do family. You a,
1: do you have a, do you have a Sueño? Oh my gosh. you <laughs>
0: Um, I, I have, I wouldn't call it a sueño. I have a sueño. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I have like, I have my goals and my dreams and life and stuff. I mean, who doesn't? Um, but me. this like,
1: I, I lack ambition entirely. I just <laughs> to quote,
2: to quote the homeless guy in Pretty Woman. Everybody got a dream. What's your dream?
0: <laughs> wow. Uh, um, love that and, and for me, just I... So I... I, As both of you know, like, I live in Miami. I've lived my entire life in Miami. Miami is very, very... Um, a, a very gigantic Latino community, right? And not just Latino. Like, there's just a whole melting pot of people here. And this, to me the the everyone coming over and having dinner ever all of the neighbors coming over um, just everyone being in everyone's business the salon girls like it's very very uh, true to what I've known in my life and it's another reason why I love this so much it's because it just I mean, it's Lynn grew up in Washington Heights, so he knows more than most um, what the community is like. So it just it, just, it I, to me, it translated so well into a movie. And I love that it's in this form where so many more people can watch it and so many so many more people can appreciate it.
1: So I, I and I love that it exists also. I am curious, so you're saying that like when they all come over for dinner and they're like listening to the record player and all singing along and they have these like big cultural beats, that's like totally dead accurate to real life experiences that you've had in your your family and your communities. I want to paint a picture for you for like the the white people version of this, because when I was watching it, I was like, we don't do that. Like we get together and we all get in the same room and there's camaraderie and stuff, but it's not like this – which is fine. I'm not saying that, you know, that the the, the uh, Latino way of doing this is incorrect. Uh, that would be absurd. But like, and then I was like, I wonder if there's movies that really describe what it's like for for white people to get together. And uh, there are. Like every movie does this. Have you seen like Meet the Parents or The Proposal or uh, it, minus the slaughtering people thing, Get Out? Uh, like, yeah, we don't generally uh, do that. <laughs> No, Most don't. of us
2: try to avoid that at all costs.
1: At all costs. <laughs> but like but that's sort of what makes it get out so interesting yeah. is like like Bradley Whitford saying I would have voted for Obama a third time. Like that is exactly the kind of shit that you would hear if like, yeah. like like my cousin is dating a black guy. It's like the first black guy that anybody in my family's ever dated. We love him. John's amazing. uh But like that's exactly the type of shit that my grandfather would say to him. And it's like
0: <laughs> Oh, I like listen. I <laughs> I am I I grew up where we would have a caja China, like roasted entire pig every other weekend. And every time we would have a get together, I would have some cousin that I've never met before in my life who wasn't actually my cousin. And it was just always at my house. And it was everyone would bring food and it was a whole dinner and it was a whole thing. And we would play dominoes. And it was it's like that was my life growing up. And that's exactly how all of the get togethers are like exactly with the music and the record player and the like the old like old for me, old Cuban music that I've never heard of before in my life Um, with all of the the older generation. Like, oh, I remember, you know, uh, sitting in the clubs in Cuba listening to this and I saw him live and blah, 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 like just like that.
1: Let me get this straight. You know, the rules, the dominoes.
0: Oh yeah. yeah. Double six and double
2: nine. <laughs> yeah, that's that's that's, that's
1: the craziest thing I've ever heard.
2: <laughs> Tell you ever been to Miami? No. It's a different country, dude. It's it it straight up. <laughs> it is really like, is. It, you're not in America anymore.
0: I'm aware. I listen, I call it North Cuba. Yeah, which I Which mean, is like, what most of most of like my family calls It's North Cuba.
1: You, you know what's interesting is watching this movie, we, we've been friends for a long time, Eni. I don't know if you know this. Uh they've multiple was times. Yeah, there've been multiple <laughs> times where you were like I want to leave Miami. And in my mind, I had the same feeling watching this movie. Like my gut reaction is like, okay, so leave. Like why on earth can you not? And I watching this movie explains a lot of like you can't just leave. Like that's not how it works. But coming from the suburbs, I can just go wherever I want whenever. If I was like, you know what? I want to live in Montana now. I just move to Montana.
0: I think that's I feel fair. Like, that's fair. And and I don't I don't necessarily think that I don't have that ability. And we've definitely had that conversation more than like ten times <laughs> where I've been like, I I wanna get out of Miami and you're like, just go. And I'm like, Yeah. It's a lot easier said than done.
1: <laughs> Becca did it. Becca just yeah. th- well, hopped then, on a plane and moved. <laughs> you know, and I
2: watched this movie and I'm like, why would you want to leave Miami? Like, <laughs> like I'm so
1: jealous <laughs> of the people that get to live their lives
2: like this because like white people have such a I think narrow definition, a narrow and like almost to a fault definition of, of family, right? It's like, for most white people, it's like, if you're not related to me, like I will, I will, it doesn't matter if my uncle's a shitbag that hates me, I will treat him better than you because he's my family. And like, that's been my experience with a lot of people. I've never really felt that way. Uh, Cause a lot of my family has never been particularly nice to me. Um, but I've met a lot of pushback from that on the other end by, my white friends that are like, you know, Oh, it's, it's all about, it's all about capital F family, blood family all the time. Yeah, it, it's,
1: it's true. Uh, even any, when you were like, Oh, my cousin, who I'm not related to, uh, like my gut reaction was like, that's not your cousin. Uh, like, like you don't get to use that word if it's not, it's blood. my I caught this. myself that way. I was Tyler like, Tyler sees me
2: differently <laughs> than I see him and and, and he always will. And that's just part of our relationship at this point. Right, like Tyler's family to me in a way that I am not to him. Um, Ouch. What? <laughs> Tell me I'm you, wrong. Bro.
1: I I don't know. I have a very big family uh, who I have very like good relationships with. So uh, yeah, I mean, you and I, I think, have different definitions of, of family. I don't think that that's incorrect. But I do love you like a brother. I, I love
2: you too. But sometimes I feel like I'd move the world and you wouldn't move down the street. And uh, that's that, that's fine. You have these people in your life that you, you carry these definitions. Like, I've just never felt like that. I'm much more wish that I was part of one of these communities, right? Because like, and I don't have any fucking family anymore. Like they're gone for better or for worse. They gone. I can't undo that one, right? So now, when I look at at, and this is just something that's tough for me. It's something I just sort of realized a couple weeks ago. And it's honestly what's been getting me down recently. So it's kind of hard for me to watch this movie. It's like if I want to have family at Christmas time, I have to like until I have my own kids or whatever. I have to rely on somebody else to provide me with a family, right? Like that yeah. is is tough, and that's not something that's not something Usnavi de la Vega is ever going to go through, right? Like. Ever, because he was he he they might may not be his family, but he was born into them just the way they all were, right? Like, he has I cousins. look at this, I look at this movie, and I'm like, I want this. Never well, more have I wished I was less white than watching this movie.
0: Yeah, I. It was something that I never really knew was, I guess, not the norm until I like became friends with you guys. Cause you guys are like my first white friends. So Eight out of town,
1: that is not real.
0: I, yeah. I, mean, I feel like, like we do a pretty good job representing white people. I think honestly. It, yeah. We've got
1: like two ends of the spectrum. We've got like big white family, no white family. Yeah. <laughs>
0: so yeah, I mean, it was something that I never realized was like not the norm because community, even down here in Miami where we're obviously not on top of each other the way that they are in Washington Heights but even down here like community is huge down here and like when my mom like I I've always lived like in the like suburbs of Miami but my mom grew up in Little Havana in Miami so that's a lot more of a congested area and it was a lot more of a yeah my neighbor is my best friend and I've known her since I was 2 and she's my sister and that neighbor is, like, my godmother, you know? Like, so so I have the cousins that aren't cousins and my mom's best friend's kids that are my cousins. And it's just... It always is the way that it is. And that's my family. Like, it's gigantic. And maybe we're not all related by blood, but we are family. And that's just how I was raised and how everyone was kind of taught in, in my <laughs> in my life.
1: I, I just it keeps getting every time you say cousin i'm like it's not your cousin and, and like cousin. obviously this is a cultural divide and i'm like neither one of us is right <laughs> or wrong but like i, don't just, I, I, I think it's so that, interesting the inherent prejudice that like makes my makes me clench against
0: that yeah. and and it's very common like for especially me like i in like in the latin community everyone is like tia or tio so like yeah my like everybody is dia, which is aunt and uncle right like that that is very normal like i call almost every like older woman in my life that's not actually related to me either dia or you know or the man deal it just is how it is and
1: i do th- hold on i just realized something yeah i know we're your first white friends i think I, I truly think you are my first friend that is like natively fluent in spanish oh gosh yeah yeah wow I'm trying to think through people I've known my whole life. Ethan was fluent in Spanish in college, but definitely was a native. No, Uh, but I do because of that. know people.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, my my first like I learned Spanish before I learned English.
1: Well, well, okay. so sorry. That's not true. My actual real life brother in law is fluent in Spanish and was born in Bolivia. So I do know people who are fluent (laughs) in Spanish. (laughs) (laughs) And he is my family. So there's that. I knew there was somebody obvious I was missing.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, well. yeah, I don't know. I it, And it's funny because like I live obviously in this bubble of Miami. So until I started like talking to people outside of Florida, outside of Miami, I was like, yeah, I'm white. Not white. You guys are white. <laughs> I want to drag this back for two seconds. Been,
1: hold, hold on. I, I have one last question. before. Okay. Uh, go, ahead. okay. go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead.
2: No, I just wanted to say, I think it's really funny that uh, you're saying that Eni's people that are her cousins are her cousins, but your wife's (laughs) sister's husband is your family. Yeah. (laughs) Wild, the way you think about this.
1: So like, I don't think, yeah, there's a non bloodline right there. Uh, But like, his kids are definitely my nieces, and he's definitely their father. So that makes us (laughs) (laughs) related, nieces and nephew. Uh, Go ahead with your last question. (laughs) <laughs> Inie, you came yes. to Roanoke you went to like a I white did. people tchotchke restaurant I need now I need thoughts did you did you see people of color there probably not
0: no not really um yeah <laughs> and then the second time I came with Linton which was fun um yeah no. and we went to a Mexican restaurant <laughs> yeah we did oh. which was great um I mean it it wasn't like I don't know. I, I like Roanoke enough. It wasn't like I wasn't I didn't feel I didn't inherently feel out of place anywhere. Okay. If that makes sense.
2: I wouldn't say that we're a bustling cultural hub either. Oh, no, <laughs> we are not. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> not even <laughs> of of white people culture like. No, yeah, um, no. I do. I, I do kind of think it's funny, though, like how much of the movie is almost like distilled to sort of at some point still makes sense to a white audience because they spend a lot of time like explaining that Abuela isn't related (laughs) to all of them as if any Latin American person's going to bat an eye at somebody being called Abuela (laughs) Abuela.
1: I did not realize they explained that at all. I I was like, oh matriarch, this is that the whole was abuela. She's related. not really
0: my abuela, but she yeah. practically raised me. This corner is her escuela, and then they okay, keep saying it rap. over and over again. Where like <laughs> it's Lin Manuel Miranda, <laughs> okay, of that it's a rap.
1: I, what I'm saying is like I've I've listened to this album. One time, I missed a lot of lyrics, okay? <laughs> I had the subtitles on. I was trying to follow along as best as I could. But a lot of it's not even in a language I speak. And because it's not for white people, it doesn't have like obvious English translations all the time. Sometimes it does, but then a lot of times it's like you're supposed to know that "fay" means faith. Like, okay, I'm yeah. not mad. I think that it, this is how it should be. But yeah, I, I'm not mad. There's some places where it pulls punches
2: is, and there's some place where it absolutely doesn't. <laughs>
1: where I was, I mean, I was
2: watching true. it, and I was like, if I didn't know what these words meant... I would be a little bit lost.
1: Yeah, but that's I was fair. a little bit lost. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that's fair. I, I just, I'm trying to think of what other parts are in Spanish. I mean, there's an, an entire like parts in breathe that are in Spanish, right? Yeah. yeah.
2: And they, um, I, I don't know the song names. They just, they, they throw like slang in there constantly, just yeah. like in the middle of sentences. And it, it, I could definitely see it tripping people up. That's fair. Even if you're like, I don't know what no me diga means.
1: I don't know what no what means.
0: No me is like, oh, is, is the literal translation is, oh, don't like, don't tell me basically. But the meaning is like, oh, no way. Like, are shut you the scared? front like, door. There that's, is.
1: that's news to me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. It, just a general a of, ex,
0: an
2: exclamation of like, no way. Yeah.
1: There's, there's a lot of situations where I was watching this and I was like, I do not know Spanish as well as I thought I did. Because these all seem like really common phrases, and I think with context clues I get them, but now I don't. I'm a little bit lost. And no, you still get the story. Absolutely, you do still get the story. It took me. It took me a while, but I got there.
2: It's worth a second watch. I I,
1: I wholeheartedly yeah. agree. But I finished it at eight forty five, and we record. At oh sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. yeah. No, <laughs> I, I get it. I understand what you're saying.
2: I just if you were like okay, done with that one forever, I would give it a second watch. Um, You will definitely pick up that the businesses are all directly across from each other because you can at some point see the other one on every side out the door of the first
1: one. Yes. And I, I, by the end of it, I had actually grasped that, but like, as I was watching it, I was like, are these all in the same spot? How many blocks are we taking up? What, do, what are we calling a block here? Well,
2: and the realistic story <laughs> is that on, on the opposing street corner on the other side of whatever building Rosario is built into is probably another bodega run by another Usnavi. Oh, probably. <laughs> and they probably don't like each other. Like, you see that between Most the Piragua likely. guy and Mr. Softy is like, somewhere oh out God. there, Usnavi has a mortal enemy that also sells lotto
0: tickets. Lynn as the Piragua guy. Really getting getting his, his
2: work in, in the, the Carnival de la Vega, or the yes. Barrio scene. Yes, um,
0: which, like, to me, as a fan of the show, like, thinking about Lin, like, looking down from the fire escape to the scene of everyone dancing and everyone, like, shooting, like, like acting that scene. And they got like, him he, real loud in the mix that you're like, this course. is Lin singing. <laughs> of course. Uh, oh my god, it was so good! Did
1: you watch the so post-credit good. scene, Tyler? I did not. No, oh, I because okay. I, I told you all I was going to be 15 minutes late, and then I was more than 15 <laughs> minutes late. So I, I as soon as the credits started, I was like, gotta go. <laughs> so uh,
0: yeah, it's the it's the piragua reprise uh, with Mister with Mister Softy. Yeah,
1: I uh I, I I needed some resolution there. I understand that I was watching it and I was like, Oh, he wrote the musical. He gets his own song smack in the middle here for no reason. That doesn't advance the plot at all.
0: So that was And I'm actually, with it,
1: like I'm game, but like, what is this doing here?
0: So in the show, he's definitely like kind of the this is what's happening while we're changing outfit like while we're changing costumes yeah. and while we're changing the set. He's like King George. The pur- yeah. So that was the that was the purpose of the Piragua guy. In um In the stage version of Breathe, like he's the one singing as Nina is like walking um, onto the street or whatever. Like he's the one singing the Spanish verse. Um, speaking what, of Kim which, George, song
1: was "Breathe"? What what is that?
0: That's uh the one is where Neen, um, where Nina's talking about how she like she's flunked out of school and how she's gonna disappoint everyone who thinks highly of her. And the scene where you see Lynn's parents. Lynn's parents There's, are in the show. There are yeah, so many either. cameos. There are so many cameos in this. Um so obviously you have Lynn and Chris Jackson um as the Piragua guy and Mr. Softy. Uh Lynn's parents, um, in the song Breathe in that scene are the ones that are like coming out of the car and they tell Nino Welcome Home. Like those oh. are Lin's parents. Mm. Um there uh the original graffiti Pete is like the guy in the bar at the club, the, the the bartender. Um who else? Uh there's a bunch of cameos in the finale, um Javier Munoz and um Mark ha- Anthony's in it somewhere. Oh well yeah duh. <laughs> Mark Anthony as the Wait, Why like, is
1: that a yeah duh?
0: <laughs> well it's Mark Anthony uh, yeah, Mark I, I, Anthony, who plays the absent like. Is that like, I is, mean, that,
1: is like, Mark Anthony uh, somebody?
0: Yes. Yes.
1: Not he's not a part pop star. Of Caesar's triumvirate.
0: No, he, no he's no, a, he's he a, is, a, He's like
2: an American pop star.
0: Yes,
1: I know he was in a song with Pitbull. That's the, the extent I know of Mark Anthony. There was a helicopter in the music video.
0: Um, Mark Anthony is a very uh, big star in the Latin community. I mean, he he does sing a lot in in Spanish, um, but he has a lot of pop songs in English. Um, and has like kind of made that crossover. He he was married to J Lo for a while. See, uh, they have I guess, kids.
1: Like I, I I'm not denying that Mark Anthony is a pop star that I've even heard of. But the fact that like oh obviously Mark Anthony would be in this is like okay, uh, sure sure. Ryan Reynolds is in this. Who right? did he play?
0: He played Sonny's dad.
2: Oh, I haven't seen a picture of him in years. So oh, yeah, I didn't yeah, no, recognize he, him.
0: They tatted him like fake tatted him all up and he looks as skinny as he usually does. And he played like the drunk absent father. But
2: he sings in the original song that plays over the credits. So they'll get an Oscar for this.
0: Yes. That's the obviously. important part here. Yeah, that's the important part
2: is they got uh, Latin, both Latin and American pop star Mark Anthony to play sing in, in an original song so that they can be nominated for best Oscar yes. for best song.
0: Yes, so that Lynn can finally egot.
1: Would Would Lynn get it? I feel like they'd go to Mark Anthony and John Chu. Um,
2: uh,
0: if he wrote I'm, the song, he would get it. I'm pretty sure yeah. he has a writing credit for the song.
2: <laughs> also, if this wins Best Picture, he gets a credit. He gets an egot. Yeah, not yeah. that I think it will, but
0: no. Um, I'm trying to think what other um, cameos. There's a bunch of like little. Oh, uh, Patrick Page as the dry cleaning guy. I don't Patrick know who Patrick Page. Page is. Uh, he plays Hades in Hades Town. And, um, ah. was also Claude Frollo in the stage version of Hunchback. Um, he has a very, very awesome voice. And so he's the shitty su- dry cleaner. Yeah. And actually in that <laughs> Screw scene, that guy. <laughs> um, in that scene, there's like a doo song that's playing in the background. Um, and Mandy Gonzalez, who was the original Nina is the one singing that oh, song. that's fun. And then the hold music when, um,
2: that got me good
0: that, that I laughed that got me good. When uh, Nina's dad is on hold with Stanford, it's you'll be back from Hamilton.
1: Oh, I didn't catch that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
2: oh, that's <laughs> that good. Got me, great. That got me good.
0: That was good. Um, oh. Yeah, there was a bunch of... And I mean, like, there's a lot of other things. Like, a lot of the the dancers, they they brought in a bunch of, like, world champion, like, salsa and bachata dancers that are in, like, the ensemble dancing. The dancing in this is absolutely fantastic. Yeah. So good. Yeah. So good. And it, and it's, like, influential of, like, so many different cultures. Like, there's a lot of, of like I said, bachata, salsa, merengue. Um, the, specifically in Carnaval del Barrio, like, they start off with a flamenco, which I thought was amazing. Um, and then when they kind of go into each uh, country, like, it's a very... Um, you know specific dance to like that country like um, it it was just everything was so good I mean I I don't really expect less from Lynn so
2: yeah I mean this is this looks like it's cost more than 55 million dollars I'm not gonna lie to you it does they did a
0: lot
1: with that
2: budget I agree John
1: you you, don't forget John Chu's
0: oh oh absolutely I have not seen like, Crazy Rich
2: Asians, so. Oh my god,
0: Ethan! No. It's so you good. Have to see it. Y'all it's keep so saying good. that. Like, uh, when was
2: I supposed to have done that? Between the last time you went, Ethan, uh, at me about <laughs> at it. At some point, it's <laughs> 48 some hours. Time,
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. no, it hasn't. Hours. You, go, you could watch Crazy Rich Asians like twenty times in forty. Okay, years. but I have they're other so things going <laughs> on. <laughs> um,
2: that see the, the one that gets me honestly the, the first time you even see the dancers, um when when they're looking at nabi through the window of the bodega and you, the, oh they're dancing God. in the reflection Gorgeous. and he's doing his, yeah, I'm a street Gorgeous.
0: light. I was like, so, holy hell, that's, I, that's a cool scene. I think that's when I started crying. I'm pretty sure that's when I started crying. Uh, that was, was, yeah. that was, was on so my sad.
1: first night watching this and I, I leaned over to Emily and I said, that's a cool shot. That's one of those shots where they make you say, I wonder how they did that. That's a cool shot. I, I did,
2: did wonder how they did that. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you because I'm like, you can't uh, mirrors, mirrors and reflections always get me in movies because they're so complicated to do without you seeing the yeah. camera. And like most yeah, mirror shots are like two actresses or two actors. And like you see the back of one's head in the front of the actual actress. It's like a stunt double. It's crazy.
0: That's awesome. I, yeah, I, I have no idea how that's done. I couldn't even pretend to guess. Yeah, no, no
1: clue. My guess uh, is they uh, shot it and then uh, removed the texture and then just plopped it.
0: Yeah, I mean, probably. Yeah. That sounds about right. Um, um, another one that I thought was gorgeous was Paciencia y Fe. Like that entire sequence.
2: Oh, with the Subway? The AJR music video? Gorgeous. Yeah, it was yeah. crazy.
0: <laughs> absolutely gorgeous. Crazy. Absolutely gorgeous. And Olga Meredith, which is, uh, she was the original Abuela Claudia in the, on the stage show. Um, Just killed it. Absolutely killed it.
2: Yeah, fantastic. I was thoroughly impressed with uh, Corey Hawkins, Uh played yes. Benny. Dr. Dre? Yeah, Dr. Dre. Like, I was not (laughs) expecting him to have, to be able to sing like that for some reason. Right? Like, to have this beautiful voice. (laughs) I Uh, was,
0: I was thoroughly, like, worried because Chris Jackson's voice is Phenomenal, yeah. I mean, he's he's obviously
2: got pipes. (laughs)
0: Um, so I, I was not, I, I I wasn't, I I wasn't sure about it, but he had a great voice as well. Um, honestly, like, I wasn't really disappointed in, in anyone's performance. The I, and, I, and I talked to you before we started recording. The only one that I was kind of like, it fell flat for me. And again, like, that's just the me thing um, was Breathe because Breathe is like my favorite song from my favorite show. So like my expectations were probably obscenely um, unrealistic. So um, I just it, it, to me, it didn't it didn't I didn't get the same emotion that I do from Mandy Gonzalez's performance. But everything, like, I thought everyone else, everyone's performance was great.
1: Well, here's, here's my comparison, and I, I'm going to have to invoke the name. Uh, I had never seen Les Mis when I saw the film.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I had never seen In the Heights when I saw the film. Mm-hmm. I knew, finishing Les Mis, that there were bad performances. <laughs> that yeah. there were things that, like, there's no way, this is the longest-running Broadway show, <laughs> and it's the best you can do. Uh, I did not know that, finishing this. I listened to this, I was like, that was phenomenal. I thought this was an original cast album and they were just lip syncing. Like I was completely sold on the music from this. Absolutely.
2: For sure. Because they didn't do the damn thing that Les Mis did where they like filmed it live. Right. They just, they just sung the songs and lip synced. Like they've been doing music movie musicals since the dawn of time. It's a formula that works that nobody ever complained about. And Les Mis was like, no, we need live
1: singing. So here's the question. Russell Crowe is cast in In the
0: Heights. <laughs> no, he's not. No, yeah, no he's not. <laughs> he gets
1: to play the dry
0: cleaner. Yeah, right. like he, he plays the Patrick Page character.
1: You don't get You don't get him to say 96,000? No. I feel like, what is no. it with these Broadway shows and big numbers? That's what I want to know.
2: Uh, it's a very musical number. It's just got good syllables. That's the reason Lynn picks anything.
0: Yep.
1: Right, right. But like, and then in rent you've got the the, the seconds in the year or whatever, five hundred twenty-five
0: thousand six hundred minutes. Minutes, that's yeah, what it is. Well, that's and a then, real in, thing. In, in, yeah, in, like that's <laughs> the actual number.
1: I I understand. <laughs> but in Les Mis you've got two four six zero one. Like there's, a, I feel like there's a pattern here. Why are we putting numbers into? I get it, like, oh, it's a musical number, but <laughs> like. I get it, but like, wh- wh- how does this keep it? 96,000, by the way, this was a, a, pr- a moment of privilege. I was like, 96,000, that's not enough. That's You live in New York, that's <laughs> not enough money. Whatever you think you're buying with 96,000, you can't afford it. <laughs> to well, be fair, I mean, most of them had
2: pretty navies- small dreams about. That
1: yeah.
0: 96000 dollars right? Right. And that but that was just Navi's um argument, wasn't it? Like, was was that, I, you, like you're the expert. Takes, you tell me. Like, but that was his whole thing. was like, uh, you'll have what is it? He says line? it take will um, take
2: half of that to get me out of financial ruin.
0: Yeah, but then um you'll have a nap sac and nap jack of jack for all, after, after all that taxes, taxes. yeah. <laughs> that's the line. But like that's the whole thing, is that like it's really like what is it gonna do?
2: Yeah, and Benny's like, I'm gonna, you know, pay my first do semester everything. of business school. <laughs> Uh, And and then first semester, yeah. yeah, He says the entrance fee. That's it. Yeah, that's Uh, all. And then the other, the the, one of the salon girls is like, I'm gonna bleach my hair. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Oh, and they made, they made Daniela and Carla a couple, which is not, um, was never canon in the show, but yeah. is now canon in the movie. That was nice.
1: I didn't catch that. Uh,
0: in the opening scene, like they're legitimately in bed together.
1: Oh, nice. Good for them.
0: And then like they dance and kiss throughout the movie. Yeah. Um, it's They're, a lot to they're look in bed at, together okay. and they walk into
2: the bodega talking about, uh, about two guys being in bed together as yeah. it was the most scandalous thing.
0: I know that. Yeah. That fell flat for me too. <laughs> I was like, really? Really? <laughs> Um, uh, what's her name? Uh, Stephanie Beatrice after watching her in Brooklyn Nine-Nine and then seeing her in this is just like complete. Yes.
1: This is, this is how out of touch I am going into this. Within the past 365 days, I learned what a bodega is. Really?
2: Okay. Do you learn that from I mean, TikTok?
1: Maybe. Was, I feel like bodega talk was a thing for a while. That yeah. was that was something. Yeah, maybe.
0: Bodega talk is a thing. Yeah. How so, are you on that? And so, I'm not. So so, <laughs> so hmm. you
2: you don't need to be on bodega talk Perfect. because you're already there. Love okay. That. So whenever that sound came out, that was like, oh, I put on my jewelry just to go to the bodega. Yeah. And a bunch of white people were like, fuck? is a bodega,
0: <laughs> and so it's. then a bunch on, of. Let, a, me,
1: let a, me describe a bodega as, as I understand it. It's like it's like a gas station you walk into that sucks and there's no gas.
0: It's a corner. It's store, a corner store, but it like legitimately you can find anything at the bodega, like anything.
2: They they have these in all major cities. They're not always called bodegas because they're not always run by Latinos. But yeah. corner stores exist in all. Major cities. Uh, that's how seven eleven started.
1: So, right. So seven eleven is what I was thinking of. Like, you know when you're on sixty four and you get off on the wrong exit and you go into the gas station and you have to like get a key to pee outside and like they have like two shelves and on them are some expired Vienna sausages. That is what I'm picturing.
2: Except it's not like that at all and you can buy all of the food you need, like anything. Okay. <laughs> Which, to be fair, most uh, dishes that you get in Latin American cuisine can be made with the a, a specific set of ingredients. This is true. Um,
0: Rice beans.
2: Yeah, it, it, you, it, you get your staples there. Um, whatever you need, really, it's a city thing.
0: Some some, some city completo. <laughs> uh,
2: and what? some of them have food, like you know, made food, co- cooked oh, food. Oh, like hot food. Yeah, H- hot food. Yeah, hot um, food. And also, people come in for condoms and, and a couple cold waters.
0: Yeah, it's just Coffee. it's a corner store. Yes, definitely right. coffee.
2: Uh, yeah, so uh, basically a bunch of white people on TikTok went and found their local bodega <laughs> and like influenced
0: oh no. it. <laughs> that sounds terrible. I don't think we have
1: these in Roanoke. I think we have a co-op, which is on the corner outside of Ethan's apartment. And you can go there and spend like $9 for a bag. The of closest
2: that. thing we have is the, um, the store that is directly across the back of the bus station.
1: There's like a the, the
2: the there's the if you're driving down Salem Avenue and there's like the uh, where the train station is and the bus station's on mm-hmm. the left there's like a store there that's like sandwiches beer cigarettes lotto lotto tickets and that's like the closest thing we possibly have.
0: I can legitimately think of like six of them within a mile of where I'm sitting right now, and one oh, of I, them's I, a drive-through. I <laughs> would
2: kill. I live down here. I would kill to have a proper store here somewhere where I can just buy something that I need at yeah at, at oh nine my gosh, p.m. That's
1: the worst thing when you're downtown because there's no grocery stores. You have to like go. You have to downtown. leave downtown
2: to go buy food. Mm. Yeah, yeah no.
0: There there's like, I'm thinking of like, I mean, I have a proper like Publix and Windexy. They
2: are right. everywhere in New York. Yes. Everywhere in New
0: everywhere. York.
1: Everywhere. That's so wild to me. It's
2: like how 95% of people who live in New York live above a Chinese restaurant. What? Yeah. It's a lot of them.
1: No. I can't be right. <laughs> 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 That's a lot. It's a lot. Man. I do. Man, I do love me. You know, those Chinese restaurants. You know, the ones. Yeah. With the menu. Yeah. <laughs> You know the one. where well, the, the
2: seven-year-old is doing SAT prep at the counter. Yes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
1: Yes. I live for those The bad menu. Boys. The menu
2: was b- like a plastic piece of paper that was burned onto the back of the glass 15 years ago <laughs> when the light broke.
1: And they give you they give you like a paper version of the menu and it's got a takeout line and like it looks exactly like all the other ones, but it's completely different. Yep. All their numbers are different. Oh, yeah. That's where I want to go. And I'll walk in and I'll be like, I need, I need, listen, I need pork fried rice. I need crab rangoons and I need two egg rolls. Uh, whatever your version of that is for probably the highest possible amount you could charge that. That's what I want. Yeah. And they're like, well, you could do the lunch special until two. It's $4, but I'm going to charge you $18 because I'm going <laughs> to do it a la carte. And I'll be like, deal.
0: Sounds great. Deal. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think what else we haven't. We haven't talked about a lot, but. <laughs> I'm just very
2: glad that Vanessa Hudgens
1: is not in this movie.
0: Oh, me too. Me too. Yeah,
1: I feel like I mean it's kind of like Mark Anthony, right? She should be here.
0: No, I think you took that
1: comment to heart for some reason. (laughs) (laughs) Why would Vanessa Hudgens be in this? Uh, Because she she canceled last year. She was.
2: Yeah, I mean. Yes, but she was in it on Broadway. Um, oh, she was. No,
0: she was. Was it Broadway? No, it was the Kennedy Center one. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. That she she actually played Vanessa with Anthony opposite Ramos. Anthony Ramos, yeah. Oh, but she cool. and then
2: because of that, she was like rumored to be Vanessa in the movie.
0: Yeah, I didn't want that to happen. I'm glad it didn't.
1: She has such a uh, I don't know the best way to describe her voice. Childish. Like, yeah. She sounds yeah. very young in her singing voice. Yeah, that's fair. In High School Musical.
2: <laughs> she sounds interesting when she, when she talks, she sounds like she would fit in more with the other salon girls than Nina does. I mean, the, than Vanessa does.
0: Yeah.
1: I thought, I thought the, the two lead girls, Vanessa and Nina, those girls can sing. Yeah. They were, yeah. they were
0: honestly great. They, they, every, I, again, like I thought that everyone's performance was great. Um, uh, who well, was, and this uh, is a
2: Lin-Manuel Miranda musical, right? He's like, I'm not going to make the guys sing. I am going to make the girls freaking belt it though. <laughs> Because he's like, yep. I got to cast me and I know what I can do. <laughs> and I cast whoever I want to do the other things.
1: And I have to be able to play every man part. <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh, he couldn't play Benny. No way. <laughs> yeah. He could not play Benny.
1: <laughs> couldn't play. Man,
2: watch Washington. the uh, go back and watch the Tony performance sometime. It's so funny because Lynn does not look like he's aged. And Chris Jackson looks like a literal child.
0: Yeah.
1: That's what I was thinking. You guys were talking about Chris Jackson being in this. And I was like, no, yes. he's old. He's Benny but he was yeah, Benny in 2008.
0: Was, yeah, in 2000 yeah, it's from 2007, 2008.
1: 14 years ago. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, literally go but watch the
2: Tony from When I look at
1: Chris Jackson today, I'm like that's Moana's dad. No, nah, he has like okay. a single
2: earring and looks like a child. He's real skinny. Oh, that's so weird. Yeah.
0: yeah. Actually t- today that we're recording this is the anniversary of them winning the Tony. Was it really? Mm-hmm. Look at that. Ooh,
2: bravo. He got four Tonys?
0: I don't need, I, I think couldn't four. tell. you. I think so. Let's look. Yeah. Best musical. It's nominator for like thirteen. Uh, yeah, four. Uh, best musical, best original score, best choreography, and best orchestrations. Yay, Alex, Alex Lacamoire, and, and it won a Grammy.
2: And Andy Blankenbuehler.
0: Yes.
1: So you said this is your favorite musical of all time. Hmm. Um, I went to a school that didn't have enough white or er, Hispanic kids to to fill out. Oh, they do it leads. though. They do it though. Uh, in
0: the whites, I'm I'm on in, in the, the whites. whites talk. I've seen in fully. everyone keeps everyone keeps sending them because they're so them bad. To me. It's so bad.
2: Like, it's so bad. And it's it's not just it's not just a white thing. It is a Lin Manuel Miranda musicals are not made for children to perform thing. It's Not it's so many words. It's so many words, and like kids usually don't have any flow whatsoever. Nope. That's a that's no, a skill going. learned over time.
1: Well, and, and yeah. you remember, you were in band class the first time uh, your director would pull out a piece that was like, like the the composer was new to you. Like, I want to say liturgical dances, but it was Holsinger. So it wasn't that. And also Holsinger's canceled now. So I, I don't think I can bring that up. Uh, but like, the first time, variations on a Korean folk song. When that was first pulled out, it was like reading different music. Yeah. Yeah. And that I think is what happens when these kids get handed a Lin-Manuel piece. They're like, they don't even know. I can't sing that note in that tempo in that song at that time. Like that's not how music works. I've never done that before.
2: And you got the the kid in the hat, the white kid in the hat. And he's just like (laughs) 96,000 dollars. So
0: so bad. 96,000. That's a lot of spray cans. (laughs) that's so bad and listen i've seen so many local productions of in the heights because in the heights gets done down here all of the time and every time that it's done i go and see it i've seen university of miami do it i've seen a bunch of like just local companies do it i've even seen and and like i was shocked when we saw it um one of the productions that i saw the girl who played nina didn't speak spanish so and it was very apparent in her singing that she did not know spanish um (laughs) And I was very taken aback by it because we live in Miami and um, I just like, I I've seen smaller companies do it. And I've also like, I saw the touring cast do it and it's just, I don't know. It's, it's not, I don't, I don't think high schools should do it.
2: Oh, Mill Mountain theater is going to try to do it. I guarantee you.
1: (laughs) No, I know we've had, I know we've had this exact conversation before specifically about in the Heights. I think on this podcast, my question to you Eni, is how many times have you seen Children of Eden in Miami?
0: Zero. Zero. Zero, Zero <laughs> times. It
1: Zero
0: every times. Every
1: single year in Roanoke <laughs> for like 2 weeks and it sells out every night.
2: Wow. Oh no. Uh, you go uh, all the way back to the Protozoa. <laughs> oh
1: my god. Uh, yeah, s- no. Stephen Schwartz, I, man. It's not. so
2: good. It's, oh, it's so it's good. Amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. And it only exists in like rural Appalachia community <laughs> theater. Stephen mill mountain theater did it one time and Stephen Schwartz came for four <laughs> straight days. Oh My god! That's that how my mom of- met him because she was working as an usher at the theater and he would always come in late. And she was like, you're Stephen Schwartz and
0: he's like, I am indeed. <laughs> this is a guy that made wow. fucking wicked. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God! Speaking of which, uh, John Chu is is uh, is directing Wicked. Yes, the movie. Yes, so I have I am much now- more uh, faith uh, yeah. in the Wicked movie now. <laughs> I, am, I am now slightly more excited about the Wicked movie coming out than I was. <sighs> I just want Anna Kendrick
2: nowhere near
0: it. I. I- Maybe. Maybe if she plays Glenda. No!
2: Maybe. Mm. If they gotta have her in it, that has to be the part.
1: (laughs) I don't see any reason why the original two can't do it. Because they're
2: old as hell. They're
0: old.
1: Right, but like, why can't they be old? Well, this was the point point I was making
2: because it's a Mark Platt production. It probably will be the original two and they'll just call (laughs) them high schoolers.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I guess... I guess, yeah, they're, they're in, like, Wizard High School, right? That they're has been
2: my favorite discourse yeah. so far, though, is people finding out what Dear Evan Hansen's about that thought it was a coming-out musical. <laughs> <laughs> that has been, since the trailer dropped for the movie, people have been like, hold on, what is this thing about? I thought he was gay. <laughs>
1: They say it in the song that they're not gay.
2: Yeah, but if you if all you know about Dear Evan Hansen is like it's a nerdy kid who breaks his glass, or his uh, breaks He's his arm and has one man side his cast and sings waving through a window, I get it. I get it. If you think Evans gay,
0: that's fair. If you listen well, to and, "You'll Be
2: Found," I get it.
1: And Connor is gay, right? Like that's
0: in the book. Yeah.
1: Oh, that's not canon. It's not. Canon? It's
0: not. I I don't know how that works. It's never said in the show, but in the book, he is gay. Oh, like I that whole it was like... that whole like because thi- you read the book, right?
1: Yeah, I haven't seen the show. I've only read yeah. the book.
0: So that whole thing with like his like secret boyfriend or whatever that's in the book nowhere anywhere in the show like at all. Huh. So I don't know what they're gonna do in the movie. I know that they said that the movie has a different ending, which is interesting.
2: Based on the trailer, it looks like Evan kills himself. <laughs> Oh, no. Like, that is a dark movie trailer.
0: <laughs> I, I don't think that's not, that how they're going to end it. I
2: don't think it will either. But, like, people, have, a couple of people who don't know about it have said that. It's like, first of all, I thought he was gay. Second of all, does he also kill himself? Well, That's, that's just the vibe. Well, l-
0: I'm not going to start spoiling Dear Evan Hansen. It's fine. Read the book. Yeah.
2: I just don't care that much. Like I'll probably see the movie when it comes out. I'll, I'll we'll cover it on the show, the I'm sure. But, I'll
0: see the movie when it comes out. Um, <laughs> No, anyway. definitely I, it's movie. definitely like the movie musical this year that I'm like the least excited about, which I didn't think was going to be the case. Because really? I mean, West Side Story is coming out. In Are you excited uh, about
1: West Side Story? Oh, it's
0: going to slap. Steven Spielberg West Side
2: Story. Absolutely going to slap. Uh, no the chance. Trailer it tick,
0: uh, the t- trailer for Tick Tick Boom came out, and I am cannot be more excited yeah. about anything now that In the Heights has come out.
2: That's a Lin well Direction, tick, correct? Tick, yes. Boom Is
0: uh, it's uh, Jonathan Larson who wrote Rent? It so, is a fun and, one. Yeah, so Andrew Garfield is playing Jonathan Larson, and it's and Lynn directed it.
2: Well, I'm sure it's going to be good. Then.
0: I hope so. Yeah, <laughs> out of
2: those four, Dear Evan Hansen is probably going to be the worst. Yeah, it's got to be,
0: which makes me sad. But yeah, I mean, it's yeah, just it's somewhere. not on the
2: like from the beginning. It's just not on the level. Nope. Right? Like it's you're talking about Bernstein here, <laughs> just, I mean, and, and Jonathan Larson. Like yeah. Rand is one of the biggest of all time. Um, no, those are both I'm sure going to slap, and obviously the heights is so great. So
0: excited for all the musical theater. Content. this was the
2: best movie musical that's been made in a long time um i agree i was saying this to any before the before we started but this to me is like this shares more in common with like the classic movie musicals like singing in the rain than it ever could with something like les miz right like this is how it was supposed to be done for me um i know a lot of people are upset for xyz reasons but uh, like richard rogers and, and, and oscar hammerstein are, are proud of this one from wherever they are now like this was a good one.
1: Uh, yeah, I thought I thought this is fantastic. As far as movie musicals go, I was like, yeah, this is good. I I actually like the not the only complaint because I've had a few complaints, but uh, I really liked the, just the, the the stage recording of Hamilton. That was fantastic. Uh, so I think that's even, not really a movie even, musical. <laughs> it's not. No, I'm, it, but it but it's a musical that I watched at home. Sure. Yeah. On a TV. So like I even wouldn't be upset if we took the stage down a stage smaller than what we had in In the Heights. Just to get a little bit closer to the stage itself. Because I think one of the things I learned watching this was like, yeah, this is by far one of the best adaptations to the screen I've ever seen. But I also think that like we are naive to think that because something makes a good stage musical, it would make a good movie.
0: Yeah, no, I hundred percent agree. I get that. I, I don't think I don't think that every musical needs to be a movie. No. I don't think Hamilton needs to be a movie. Um, I You're lose I don't. That one. I, I really don't. I think we got. In, a, I'm
1: curious. We we are trending towards Hamilton as Cancelton as a society. And I want to know...
2: I don't think we are. That's an echo chamber. 100% are. That's an echo chamber.
1: You think? Yeah, absolutely.
0: I that honestly a- couldn't, couldn't tell you what's going on because I kind of have just been ignoring everything. So I don't even know why people are canceling Hamilton right now.
1: I just want to like Hamilton. And that, I, to the I end still of I like tell you,
0: Hamilton.
2: Disney is bigger than TikTok. This
0: Disney is accurate. Is bigger than TikTok.
1: And there's a
2: small subset of TikTok that is upset about Hamilton and it, like that it is aged
1: poorly. Um, I think there's the point of like... Part of Hamilton is that it's supposed to exist in 2016 and bring the world to a place where it is dated. Like, this part of, like, the progress of Hamilton. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's supposed to be progressive in 2016. And the whole point of, like, progressive culture is that as we progress, things that were once progressive are now commonplace. Or even dated.
2: And they... They did this with the in the Heights movie, where they took the opportunity to say different things and tackle different issues Absolutely. than they did in the stage show. And I think if and when they do, because I do think they will do a Hamilton movie. I think it's inevitable at this point. Um, but I, they will update it to tackle different issues. Like, things will be changed. There will be changes made. That is the the story that happens every time you make a movie from source material, right? is your job to update and fix the changes in the source material. They did the same thing, like, with... Uh, looking for alaska right where everybody was like man they fixed a lot of things about this when they made the hulu show and like as they should yeah but you can't you can't go rewrite the book or rewrite the musical now it, the question comes you know do you keep mounting the musical the same way that's where it gets complicated i can see uh that's the, the, the interesting thing with, with theater. And then we get into with live music as well is like, you got to kind of choose to go out there and sing the song every night, right? If there's something wrong with the yeah. song, change the song or take the song out. Uh, and that's why bands get in a lot of troubles cause they just, they're, they'll have a song that they're like, Hey guys, you can't say that anymore, but they keep saying it every night.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, you know, and that's, that's the, the, I think where theater is going to end up is like, when do we make changes? Right. Do you, do you have to stick to so, the, um, the same thing every time.
1: Here's what I get from what you're saying. They should just pull any problematic songs from Hamilton, but then have Olivia Rodrigo go in and write her own versions that are less problematic, right? Because this is what she did, right? Like, Misery Business, you can't do that anymore. She's going to be good for you. So, like, if we just put Olivia Rodrigo in Hamilton, like, anytime there's something where you're like, all of a sudden she's on stage singing, it's like, oh.
2: Yeah, you take Hurricane out, put driver's license in. Oh right,
1: that's the girl from <laughs> High School Musical and musical series. Oh my gosh! Yay! Yeah. Yeah. You said that's forever. I mean. Now
2: I drive alone down your street. The Reynolds pamphlet. <laughs> <laughs> Have you read this? <laughs> oh Can't <my> wait. God. <laughs> No, ha- Hamilton movie is actually going to be a thing. I think it's
1: inevitable. I
0: know. Um, I think like- Olivia
1: Rodrigo is going to play uh, Eliza. There it is. I had a- Angelica and Peggy Eliza. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think at some point, I think
2: Hamilton movie is going to be fine. Like, I don't see a lot of uh, issues with it. Um, I do think they will pick separate characters to play or separate people to play the characters. Um, oh, yeah. Which a lot of people like, will doubled. be upset about. But, uh, um, Like there are definitely movies that get, or musicals that get made into movies that don't need to. Like, I definitely think Wicked is one of those. I have more problem with them making a Wicked musical than I do with them making a Dear Evan Hansen musical, even though I like Wicked better, right? Like Dear Evan Hansen can be a musical. Like I'm pretty sure you could do Dear Evan Hansen in a black box just fine. And if you could do it in a black box, you can make a movie out of it. Um, Not to Uh, say you can't do any musical in a black box,
1: but. Dear Evan Hansen, like to me, Dear Evan Hansen, listening to the, to the, this is a point I wanted to make earlier. So I'm going to bring this back real quick. Um, I'm okay with them changing things. I liked Dear Evan Hansen before I saw it. I haven't seen it, but I like it from the cast album. So I think that like the cast album is a different medium than the stage performance is a different medium than the film. So it's, if there's changes between those three, I think that's fine because I do think you get something different from the cast album than you do the the book. And I'm sure you get something different from stage than you do those two.
2: Yeah. What you get from stage that you're missing from the cast album is the entire story,
1: the (laughs) entire story. Same with a huge offender on this one is book of Mormon. I read the Book of Mormon. Book I wouldn't say nothing huge. like the stage. I say huge. <laughs> Why are we laughing? I said that the book was nothing like the show. Oh, oh, oh! I didn't hear, you. <laughs> I didn't hear No, that. I would say with Book of Mormon, uh, there were definitely you differences. You the missed show some to me Yeah, when you described the show to me, I was like, oh yeah, I didn't didn't catch that at all.
2: It just clears up some songs in Act Two. That's really it.
1: Yeah. Um, uh, but that one actually has, like, good songs throughout Act 2. David Hansen does not. It's like a Disney movie. Where it's, it's all got, reprises. Like, it's Yeah, it's all Act 1 and then reprises. Um, and, like, I love Frozen. Don't get me wrong. But, like, you should just added songs the whole time.
0: And they did that in the, in the Broadway musical. Everybody hated it, so... <laughs> I thought it was fine. Is it my favorite thing? No. But the Frozen musical's fine. It's definitely not Lion King.
2: No. I remember this. King. This is so well that I don't remember who I was talking to about this because uh, I don't think it was either you. It was while Tyler was gone and I was talking to somebody about not knowing that uh, He Lives in You is not in the movie. You were
0: talking to Mary Clay during yes. your Catch Me If You Can episode yes, because when I was editing show, yes. I was like, what? Yes, He Lives in You is from Lion King too.
2: Is it? Yeah. Because it's, it's in the, the stage it's show though. The sh- yeah. It's in
0: the stage show, yeah. Because
2: when they did the remake and and I, and I was watching it and I was like they didn't do He Lives in You that's so weird and then <laughs> I looked it up and I was like it's not in the movie turns out
0: um, so they actually added that song I think it's during the credits um, but they sing it I think in Swahili oh cool um, in the li- quote unquote live action, the remake um, of Lion
2: King, <laughs> the quote unquote live action,
0: yeah. I, I, Listen, we
1: need to be nice to the Lion King live action remake. Why? Uh, like Bo Burnham came out and he was like, "Lion King live action remake." You get that funny feeling, like guys, come on, it's not like it's not bad. It's still Lion King, still like, still good. Be prepared. I think, arguably, maybe not improved, but just as good. Right, uh, that Beyonce song, "Truly Criminal," shouldn't be there.
0: Thank you. Uh, <laughs> no reason for that. <laughs> none Absolutely whatsoever. none. Other than uh, that, they wanted Beyonce to play the part, and she was like, "I want to sing a song." So
2: just give a song. her a song. Like this is the, this is what I think is the cop out though. Like, and this is what they didn't freaking do with Aladdin, which I loved, is that they always they have to add the song for the movie, right? Because they want to be able to be like award nominated and stuff. Then then do it. Add a song. Right. Add a song in the thing.
0: That's actually part of it. Give Nala a narrative. Give Nala a song. Oh, for me, they should have added Shadowland from the show. I don't think they could do that, though. I still think it has to be original. I get that, but the Shadowland song adds so much to Nala's character. Sure, yeah. So much to Nala's character. Speechless was such
2: a fantastic addition.
1: The song added for Aladdin, Speechless. Just said that. That song slaps. It's
2: a good song. <laughs> the point I literally I just made that point <laughs> the second before you did.
1: <laughs> well now we now we have both made that point and I stand yeah. by that decision.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm just I'm kind of over the live action remakes. Although I really did like Cruella, but Cruella wasn't a musical, so I don't know. So
2: it also wasn't really a remake.
0: Oh yeah. It's more of an orange origin story. Yeah. You're right. right. Guys, the female version
2: of Joker guys. It
1: slaps, bro. It's so good. Not Joker. I haven't seen that. That seems like it glorifies white terrorists, but Cruella, that was rad. That was was very good. Emily's watched it like five times.
0: Um, yeah, we've watched it a few times already too. It's very good. Very, very good. I think
1: also, so this is just like a little like check in with Tyler. Uh, part of the reason I had a hard time with this movie is like just where my brain space is at. I'm in a position in my life where like, I really need familiarity. That's fair. Like, like I, I need to watch something I've seen before. I need to read books about characters that I recognize and going into, in the Heights, knowing not even the culture we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> was like, this is so challenging for me to get into right now. It is not what I need. Uh, but I did like, I, I honestly, when we get to the big board, which I think we're getting close to, I have no idea how long we've been sitting here. Uh, I actually do want to like omit my score and give my score spot to Eni. because I, I think is think it's a fantastic movie. It's just not what I needed right now, and I don't think that. My lens matters.
0: I yeah. I, I appreciate that. I, and it's funny because like I'm kind of in that same headspace and it's maybe why I liked it so much is because I love these characters and I know this yeah. story mm-hmm. and this seems familiar to me. So it's kind of like the opposite of what you're feeling right now.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, like, like uh, I've been reading uh, Master and Apprentice, which is a, a Star Wars novel about Qui-Gon mm-hmm. and Obi-Wan. And it's like, this is good. It is a new story to me but it is characters that I recognize yeah. I can work with this. And then, but like even that sometimes will get like overwhelming and I'll be like, I just need to read something. You should try I fan fiction before. I'm not going to do that. I will absolutely not <laughs> go. I mean, you're reading direction. Star
2: Wars novels. What's the difference?
1: Uh, Star Wars novels are canon. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to read <laughs> fan fiction. Also, Claudia Gray is a real deal. Excellent author.
2: So sorry, Salvatore.
1: <laughs> Uh, Which yeah. one did he write? R.I. Salvatore did Attack of the Clones.
0: Really? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Interesting. It's, I saw that
0: conversation happening and I was working and I couldn't like chime in, but my that's my brother's favorite author. I, so I, I'm people's sure he's favorite fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: I'm sure he's fantastic. I, I would like to read some other stuff he did. I did finish the book, um, but I'm also reading Render the Sith right now and- Terry Brooks, who did Phantom Menace, nothing. and Matthew Stone?
2: Yeah, so from what I, know, I could tell... I,
1: I really like the authors on 1 and 3 much better than I liked how Salvatore did Attack of the Flames.
2: What I could tell about uh, our Salvatore is that basically Gary Gygax, who had invented D&D, was like, Hey, um, I need a bunch of books. Can you write me a bunch of books? And he was like, Yeah, absolutely. And he wrote think, a bunch think of think books. The conversation
1: <laughs> was, I need you to read The Lord of the Rings, and we gotta make it look like we hated that. Yeah. But... Also, very derivative. Steal it. Of That.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, you know, what they say, uh, "Good artist copy, great artist steal." <laughs> uh, I do want to talk about art for a second. Um, they didn't do the graffiti portrait, which sucks.
0: I, I agree. Um, I when the the big review of the the. I guess the landscape of the beach or whatever. And then the tiny, tiny little fan in the corner, like above definitely, the fridge. Yeah, definitely was like a, uh, like it was a deflating balloon for me because uh, like, that's a moment in the musical where i I was excited for like the reveal of the, cause in, in Tyler, in the, in the show, um, graffiti P actually paints like the grates that like come down, like the, 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 the fire door. door. Yeah. Um, that comes over. Yeah, like he, he does that in the movie. Yeah, well, yeah, okay, but at the end, he actually does like a whole portrait Just, of Abuela Claudia. Yeah, Google
1: uh, in the Heights graffiti real quick. Yeah,
0: so I will in say the this: graf-
1: uh, a critique on the story as a whole. Graffiti Pete was not enough of a character.
0: Well, he's not like he's not supposed to be.
1: Right. That that is my critique of of the source material.
0: Okay. Um. But yeah. So at the end. At the end. Um. That's, like, the whole big reveal, and that's what actually, like, gives Usnavi, like, reali- oh. like makes him realize that he wants to stay, so.
2: And I, I it feels like, to me, they legitimately just, like, filmed this movie in order, and then got to doing that, and they were like, this bodega doesn't have one of those doors. Shoot.
0: Yeah, it did. Did because it? Because he, he's it in oh, okay. he, he, He's tagging it in the beginning.
2: Then there's no reason. There's no reason. Yeah,
0: there's no reason. There's no I reason. get it, because Sunny has I to, like, mean, fix the
2: door well, or whatever, but...
0: Well, the reason is because you have to tie him being at the beach, right? Right. Like, that's the reason. And it's the, the green little crab that you the, that's super out of place when he's on the beach is the, the crab that Sonny painted.
1: Oh, look at you connecting dots.
0: That's when I realized, like, the second you hear Sonny say, like, I painted the crab in the corner. I was like, oh, they're in the bodega. That's That's when I connected those dots.
2: Interesting. I did not catch that. Yeah,
1: that's so good. I'm the, so proud well,
0: the thing is that the crab like stood out to me so much because they like zoomed in on it, and it was very like not a normal color of a crab. I don't and know what crabs just out of look like
1: in the Dominican Republic. I like. like, like. I'm
0: with it was Tyler. A neon
2: green. I'm with Tyler, though. Give <laughs> okay. Graffiti Pete a song, 2K21 challenge.
0: Yeah, like, <laughs> absolutely. Like I, I, I Pete's understand
1: great. he's not a big character, but, like, like why? I think that's what, uh, one of the hard parts of coming into critique of these types of films, though, is that, like, we have to accept it as an adaptation of the source material. And I don't feel like I can go into it and be like, this is my problem with the source material. Yeah. I don't have much problem, but I would like Graffiti Pete to be more of a character.
2: I love graffiti. It's such
1: a he cool actually,
0: thing. They actually added a little bit more of him in. The movie. Like the scene with Vanessa that Vanessa's like takes his like rags or whatever to make her whatever outfit she was making like that doesn't happen. Um, and Oh, I like yeah. that part a lot. And like him. I did think um, this,
1: this is a weird line for me. Whenever Vanessa like at the very end of the movie started saying things like, oh, my fingers need to move. I was like, what is, I know you're talking about sewing but like why? That's it's a weird way to say <laughs> <And> that. <laughs>
2: here's my thing. Vanessa, this is the one thing uh, because I have, I have issues with the whole blackout sequence then the, the club sequence just because like they changed the story so much but left all that stuff. Yeah. Um, where in the, in the show the, they're at the club and, and Benny and Nina are at each other and they're having this huge fight Um, and that just doesn't happen for various reasons and so then we end up with this weird scene of like Usnavi and and Vanessa mad at each other Uh, yeah which like and then Vanessa goes home and like but she she sees the fireworks and goes home and starts making something out of the. She's like sewing and 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 tying up all these knots and stuff with based on the inspiration she saw from the fireworks. And nothing ever comes of that. Nope. At all. <laughs> like you're. I'm sitting there going like, oh, this is Vanessa's big idea, right? Yeah. And nothing comes of that ever. No. At the end, she's like, I don't have any ideas. And I'm like, what happened well, to your firework thing?
0: Well, the whole thing was is that she moved out of the barrio and wasn't creative anymore. Yeah. And like, all, and like realized oh, we, that all we we of her We never got to see the.
1: We never got to see the barrio, yeah, streamer outfit.
0: That no, yeah, but we, we saw like the graffiti yeah. P outfits, yes, like yes. Uh, the the spray painted outfits or whatever. That's um, what I'm saying. It's just but, they make but, this but, like that's big the point. whole thing, right? Yeah, is that like she only got inspiration from the barrio, like from Washington Heights? Yeah, so she came back right. But yeah, I would have wanted to see that outfit too.
1: So let's get into.
2: I will say this vis a vis graffiti. TikTok always be teaching me things that I didn't need to know. Like, I've learned more from my year on TikTok than I think I did in college and high school combined. And what TikTok did teach me the other day is that one of my favorite train graffiti artists recently died. Oh, no. no. Yeah. He's a guy whose stuff I'd seen literally everywhere. Uh, And one of the, like, I follow train graffiti accounts, like, posted that and was like, you know, rest in peace, this guy. And I was like, dang, that's not something I ever thought would come into my life as a sad moment. Like, this is information I never knew I'd be able to take <laughs> control of.
0: That's so sad. Yeah. I didn't even know that that was a side of TikTok. TikTok is so crazy.
2: Oh, yeah. Train train talk is all about that kind of thing, right? Because tra- train people love train graffiti. Okay. Um, it's great. I Ethan, love train graffiti. I,
1: I did want to tell you, I have a friend who is on the board for the uh, transportation museum here in town. If you're looking to uh, join that mm-hmm. life.
2: Uh, what do you mean?
1: I don't know. You want to be on the board? Do I would. I would love to do
2: anything with the transportation museum. I emailed them a couple of days ago, actually, and said, "Let me run a TikTok account for you. I'll do it for free. I don't care." Uh, well, there and you I go. did not get an email back. But just because, like, sure I follow whoever
1: runs that email.
2: Yeah, I follow is, some is. other train museums <laughs> on TikTok, and their content's fantastic. And I'm like, I could do this. We <laughs> the, the Virginia Transportation Museum is a fantastic museum with very bad PR. Yeah, just the worst. Like all museums in Roanoke. All
1: right. It is scores time. Uh, as a reminder, I have lent my score to Eni, which does bring the Rotten Tomatoes audience score back into the game, uh, which puts Eni at a hundred, Ethan at a hundred. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes Critics at 96, Metacritic at an 84, and Rotten Tomatoes Audience at a 95. Ethan, do you have a listener score for That'd
2: be a 92.
1: 92. From Bacon
2: and Eggs listeners.
1: From Bacon and Eggs listeners, if you want to vote on the score, basically what we do is we ask for scores from our listeners on Discord as well as our free Facebook group, and then uh, we average all of them. We do it manually. It takes Ethan like a minute, I would say, which you know, it's one of those things. Anyway, that's how you can do that, which gives the bacon and egg score for In the Heights ninety six point (laughs) three five.
2: Yes, that's high.
1: That is number two.
2: Yeah, I'm okay with that. Look at that, (laughs) right behind it's a Wonderful Life. Yep. (laughs) fine <laughs> same,
1: same movie really right, like, i mean there's you, even a
2: quote from it's a wonderful life in in the heights is there really yeah at the end uh he says merry christmas to old building alone.
1: oh you're right
2: yeah because when that happened kate like swacked me in the arm I was like did you hear that <laughs> uh yeah go see this movie in a the theater if you feel comfortable it was a truly incredible experience um, and
0: if you and watch it if you have hbo max
2: yeah it's, it's free on HBO Max if you pay for HBO Max. You don't have to pay another $30 on top of the subscription fee. You already pay every month. Um, Correct. Yeah, because that's how it works for literally everything else except the <laughs> occasional Disney movie.
0: The occasional Disney movie. Yes, go watch this. It's a very important movie, um, and I highly recommend that everybody watch it.
2: Highly recommend. Could not recommend enough. I loved this movie so much, um, and I know it means a lot to Eni and a lot to it a lot does. of people. Uh, and it's, you know, I think it's a good step forward for movie musicals as a whole. I hope that we continue down this trend. Um, I too am excited to see Tick, Tick, Boom and, uh, and West Side Story. I am lukewarm about seeing Terminance. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, I'm going to watch it, right? Like, I, musical theater podcast. I have to watch it. Yeah, I mean, I you, would probably, you have to watch it. I would probably watch it regardless, but I, I don't know. I am all for movie musicals if it means that it will get more people to be fans of musicals.
2: And like... I know that the the, the uh, discourse is always like, you know, let's do new things that haven't already been adapted and do new shows and whatever. I will never get tired of West Side Story, though. Like, you cannot make me get tired of West Side Story. It won't <laughs> That's happen. Fair.
0: That's fair. I'm excited to see it. It looks yeah. the trailer looks very good. And um, uh, what's her face? Uh, Rita Moreno singing in the trailer just. Yes. Gave me chills. I can't wait. Cool.
2: Anybody got any final thoughts on on if. Yes. The worst acronym Ever. <laughs>
1: I don't, as a matter of fact. (laughs) He doesn't.
2: Go watch it. It's so good. The
0: music's music's great, and it's a really important story, so go see it. Those are my thoughts.
2: Well, this entire episode of Bacon and Eggs has been a trailer for Sincerely Us, a musical theater (laughs) podcast, which you can find uh, anywhere podcasts are sold or given away for free every Wednesday. It's a fantastic show that I've been on way too many times, and I love both of the hosts. Becca, we miss you. We're sad you couldn't be here tonight. Uh, but Eni, thank you yes. so much for lending us your your time and your talent.
0: Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it.
2: Where can we find you on the internet?
0: Um, so you can follow Sincerely Us on Twitter and Instagram at Sincerely Us Pod, or you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at underscore Eni It's I-N-Y-M-E-E-N-Y. Those are all of the places I'm at. Excellent. Also in the WB&E Discord.
2: Well, uh, on behalf of wb and uh, this has been another episode of Bacon and Eggs or Graphic Vision on Brandon. Uh, Graphite.VMB on Instagram or music by Andrew Scott Bell. AndrewScottBellMusic.com. Um, as always, you know we are Bacon and Eggs. Bacon and Eggs is Tyler Carlin and Ethan Edgehill. We are two human beings that make a podcast. You can find us on Patreon, support the show, keep the lights on here at Patreon.com slash Bacon and Eggs. Uh, until next week, I've been Ethan Edgehill. He's been Tyler Carlin. She's been Ines Fuenmayor. Arrivederci. Adios.
1: Anthony Ramos.